Have you ever broken a phone or your car or something in your house? And it wasn't under warranty. But when you brought it back, they actually gave you something new. They gave you a second chance. Have you ever had that experience before where you were in a relationship and you did something really, really stupid? And you hurt the other person so badly, and you didn't deserve it, but they gave you a second chance. Have you ever had the experience where you did something really, really bad, maybe so bad that you deserve severe punishment, maybe even jail, but you got a second chance? Well, the truth is, folks, is that each of us have the gift of a second chance God. That God is the kind of person who loves to give second chances. And today, we're going to look at a story of a guy that we've been looking at over the past couple of weeks. A guy by the name of Jonah and his gigantic second chance. You see, folks, we are not the first people to ever experience what a second chance would look like. But we find it in Jonah's story. Now, if you weren't here uh, the first week or if you uh, were kind of here for the first time live in church, or you're the first time that you're kind of online on the stream for us, I want to recap for all of us kind of the story. So we know the story. Jonah, this prophet, was called by God uh, to go to a place called Nineveh. But Nineveh was a very, very bad place. There were violent people, brutal people, and they would do all kinds of harm. Uh, They would actually murder men, women, children, and they would sometimes even go into a city, catch it on fire, and then close the gates, and then everyone would just burn alive. These were mean people. And God says, I want you to go there and tell them that they are wicked. Now, how many of you would sign up for that, right? Like none of us. And so Jonah's like, well, I don't want to do that. So he goes the opposite way to a place called Tarshish that was 2,500 miles in the opposite direction. The only problem was to get there, he actually had to get on a boat. And so he gets on this boat and he begins to start traveling there and God sends a storm. This storm goes all over the place and everyone's worried they're going to lose their life. And they say, whose fault is it? And Jonah raises his hand and he says, it's my fault. It's all my fault. Just go ahead and throw me over. Now, the sailors didn't want to do this, but they went ahead and they threw him overboard. And God provided a fish. Uh, I said last week it was a gigantic fish. And my youngest daughter, Shiloh, came up to me and said it was a whale. It was a whale. I don't care what the Bible says. It was a whale. So whether it's a whale or the Bible does say a gigantic fish. Anyways, this fish kind of swallows him up and he's in there for three days and three nights. And it's in this moment that he finally kind of comes to his senses and says, God, I'll do whatever you want. I repent. I turn away from my sin. That's what the word repent means. I do a 180. I turn totally the other direction, and I'll follow you. And God allowed this gigantic fish, this whale, uh, in Shiloh's language, to spit him out onto the shore. And this is where we come to our text today in chapter 3, verse 1. And this is the second chance. Uh, Starting in verse 1, we read this. 
Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a what? What's underlined? A second time. Jonah gets a second chance. He didn't deserve it. He just got a second chance because our God loves to give second chances. Now, one of the things that I've realized that that is that there are a lot of people who do not like to give other people a second chance. They don't want to do that. If you cross them, they're kind of like, it's over, it's done, I'm drawing a line in the sand, I am finished with you. I'm going to write you out of my life. And that's the way maybe some of you are sometimes. Maybe there's someone in your life who has hurt you, offended you, and you've written them off. But God never writes anybody off, and he gives second chances. In fact, God has come to me, Chris Bunch, not just with a second chance, but a third, a fourth, a fifth, a hundredth, a thousandth, a millionth, a trillionth chance. That's what I'm on. That's how messed up I am. And yet, he continues to be the God. We believe in the God of the Bible who gives second chances. Now, one big question for you, what is this? An Etch-a-Sketch, yeah. It is an Etch-a-Sketch. Now, my dad thought it was an iPod, okay? Uh, I said, no, Dad, it'd be an iPad. And he's like, oh, I don't know. But anyway... Growing up, I loved Etch-A-Sketch because you could draw something and you could do whatever you wanted. And if you just didn't like it, if for some reason it didn't come out the way that you wanted, what did you have to do? You shake it and then you get a clean slate. You just shake it and you get a clean slate. You get a second chance. Well, when I look at my life and I would write down some of the things in my life that I have sinned against God with. Here's just a short list. But anger, lying, bitterness, rage, sexual sin. If the Etch-A-Sketch were my life, all of those sins would be on there. And this is what God did. He said, I'll take it and I'll erase it if you turn and repent and you follow me. Now, maybe for some of you, your list looks differently. Maybe for you... Your list involves betrayal or gossiping or unfaithfulness or stealing or abortion or some kind of an addiction. And you look at that and you think, there's no way. I'm always going to be defined by this. And God says, no, 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 no. Give it to me. If you turn around, you repent, you go the opposite direction. I shake it and it's erased. He wipes the slate clean. Let's move on to verse 2. It goes on to say, what's the very first word of this verse? What is it? Go! Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Now in Hebrew, which was the language of the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible, this word actually means two words. It actually means Go now. Go now. Go immediately. Go urgently. Go suddenly. Go now. Folks, when you have received a second chance from God and he says go, your only response should be, yes, 
I'm going now. I got this second chance, and so I'm going now. And this is the thing. You go immediately, you go urgently, you go suddenly. Because if we're not careful, you might talk yourself out of going. Have you ever experienced that before? You, you sense God saying something to you, and you don't go immediately. You hold back maybe a week, two weeks, a month, a year, ten years, decades I've known people. And they don't do that. And for some of you, God may be telling you right now to go. He's been telling you to go and reach out to somebody. He's been telling you to go and apologize to somebody. He's been telling you to go and to give financially to somebody. He's called you to go and to repent of some sin or to make things right with somebody. In our text, God simply tells Jonah to go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim the message I give you. And then in verse 3, Jonah finally gets it right as it says this. Jonah, what's the next word? Obeyed. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord. That's the key word of all of life, folks, is for you to obey what the Lord calls you to do. In the past, Jonah didn't. Maybe in the past, you didn't. But God gives you a second chance and says, you can do it again. And then he gives you a choice. Either you will obey or you will do your own thing. Again, when God asks us to do something, our response should always be, yes, God. I'm going now. If you tell me to go, I'll go. If you tell me to speak, I'll speak. If you tell me to give, I'll give. If you tell me to love, I'll love. You tell me, God, whatever it is that you want me to do, and I will do it. So Jonah obeys the word of the Lord, and then look at what takes place in verse 4. On the first day, Jonah, what's the next word? He started into the city. For some of you, you have sensed God calling you to do something. The problem is you just haven't started. You just keep waiting. You know, the hardest step that you'll ever take when God calls you to do something is the first step. Because once you get the first step, then the second, third, fourth, it becomes easier. But for many people, the struggle always becomes, will I obey and start with the first step? And the reason many of us don't do it is because we like to stay in control. Now, just by a show of hands and all of you that are online right now as well, uh, how many of you would say you're a control freak? Raise your hand, okay? Raise your hand. Okay, now put your hand down. Now, how many of you came to church or you're in a room with a control freak? Raise your hand. Okay, that's what I thought. Some of you are like, you're raising your hand both times, but, but that's it. You know, one of the things that I've learned as a leader is that if I don't let things go, we never move forward. If I don't train other people to do things or train staff to train them on how to do things and let it go... Not only do I not grow, but those other folks around me don't grow. So let me ask you this morning, what is that thing that you're holding on to right now, so much so, and yet God is telling you to go? 
You know, the truth is, until you let go, you can never do what God wants you to do. So today, God says this, go, go now, go with urgency. Now back to Jonah. So God tells him to go to Nineveh, and at first he says, no, I'm not going to do that. And then finally, though, he obeys, and he starts walking into the, to the city. But the question becomes, what is Jonah going to say? Again, folks, these are violent people. They're brutal people. They take hatchets and take people out, and they do horrendous things. I can't even tell you all that because it's kind of family-friendly church. But it was bad stuff. And just one wrong word or one misstep, and it's like, for Jonah. Again, these people are violent. So it would be wise then for Jonah to actually give a message of something like Bobby McFerrin did a few years ago. Don't worry. Be happy. Okay? And so I thought, you know, uh, now that we're on uh, the screen, we, we can't actually show you Bobby McFerrin. But you got Bobby Bunch, all right? And so here we go. Your line is don't worry, be happy. All of you that are online right now, I want you to do it too. Whatever room you're in, we're all going to sing this together. Here it goes. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it nope a note. In every life we have some trouble. But when you worry, you make it double. Oh, good job. So much better than the first celebration you'll never know. Um, But that's not the message that is given to Jonah to give to them. It would have been better to say, don't worry, be happy. But that's not it. And now he has to go to these mean people and tell them a message. And it's not worry, don't be happy. Or not, uh, don't worry, be happy. But the message scares him to death. Because he's basically going to tell them the worst news that this city's ever heard. Look at what it says in the next verse. He, Jonah, proclaimed 40 days and Nineveh will be overturned. How many days? 40. 40 days and it's overturned. This was not a don't worry, be happy message. This was like, you know what? You're going to be destroyed. Now, what's interesting about this word overturned, and you might want to circle it, is it is a Hebrew word, the word hippoch. And what it actually has is two meanings, and this is it. It can either mean overturned and destroyed, or it can mean overturned and changed. So this word overturned kind of has this prophetic message from God that says, I'm giving you two options, but you only have 40 days. You can either choose to be destroyed or you can choose to change and he says what is it going to be now notice the time is ticking tick 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 how many days again just 40 days folks you need to understand this that mercy has a limit to it one day God will return in the form of Christ, and mercy has a limit to it. 
You don't have it forever. You don't have the promise of tomorrow. If anything that COVID has kind of taught us and all the unrest that we see is that there is a limited time to our life. I mean, there's no promise that you and I will actually wake up tomorrow. The mercy of God, folks, has a limited time offer on it. And you know, the reality is, is that some of us may be on day 39. Again, I'm sorry if it were me, I would have written it, don't worry, be happy. But what is written is that 40 days you have a choice. Either you're going to be destroyed or you're going to change. And all of you have that opportunity today to choose what you will do. You do not have it forever in him. And Jonah preaches this message with boldness and with passion. Verse 5. The Ninevites believed God. Say, what? I mean, the Ninevites. Think about this. The Ninevites believed God. Now, you're looking at it right now in the first did too, and they're like, so what? It said they believed God. Because we look at it from, you know, thousands of years later, but if you were a first-time reader of this, you would see it differently. Then it goes on. They declared a fast, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, Put on sackcloth. So let's break this down. First of all, what he says is they did not believe God. They did not believe God. Now, if you were a first-time reader, or or they did believe God, they did believe God. And and so if you were a first-time reader, they would say, no stinking way. They would actually say, they didn't believe God. No way. No, 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 no. They turned it around. They believed in God. That would kind of be like me saying, Howard Stern has a Christian radio program now on sexual purity. You'd be like, what? That'd be like me saying, Tom Cruise is no longer jumping on a couch. He's actually turned away from Scientology and he's a missionary in Kenya. That would be like me saying, Lady Gaga uh, is now the worship leader of the jar. Some of you are like, we've been waiting for Caleb to leave. We want Lady Gaga, right? Like, Gaga, Gaga, right? Even more so, it would be like this. All of Hollywood now has become Christians. All of them. Or this, this is the bigger one. All of Vegas, the Vegas Strip, has shut down all of their casinos. And all the money that they have there now They're going to open as churches, and they're going to give everything away to the poor. And if I told you that that's what the Vegas Strip was doing now, you would go, what? And this is exactly what is happening with the Ninevites. It says also that they fasted. In the Old Testament, uh, the concept of fasting was you wouldn't eat or drink because it was a sign and a symbol of humility and repentance and a desire to want to see God and know God. And also it says that they put on sackcloth, which was actually made of goat's hair. You know, it was bad material. See, at least some of it, thank you, you know, a couple people online, please, please laugh, you know. Bad joke, okay. But it was like putting on a burlap sack 
And it was itchy and miserable and just horrible. And during the day, all of the Ninevites would be like, we repent. We are not even worthy to wear normal clothes. So we will ache and have pain and put on this burlap sack to remind us of a physical reminder that we have sinned. Then look at what it says in verses 6 through 9. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, he took off his royal robes, and he covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust. Now, I'm telling you, for a king at this time, at midday, to leave their throne was a sign of repentance. And then on top of that, he actually takes off his royal robes. He puts on this goat hair, and it's a sign of this huge act of humility. Then verse 7, check this out. He issues a proclamation to Nineveh, and he says, By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let any man or beast or herd or flock taste anything. Do not let them even eat or drink. So now the king is like, not just am I going to fast and pray, all of us are. Even your dogs are. The dogs get no more food or water. None of your animals, none of your cows, none of your well-being. We're all going to fast and pray and put on sackcloth. But why? Why does the king send this decree? Well, verse 8 says this, but let man and beast Be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call what? What's the next word? Urgently on God. Let them urgently call on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. In other words, let them change. We want to be different. We don't want to keep doing what we've been doing. We want to change. We want to repent. And then verse 9 says this. The king says, who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. Who knows? Maybe God will give us a second chance. Like, who knows? Maybe he'll send mercy. Who knows? Maybe he'll send compassion to us. You know, in the midst of everything that's been going on in our country and our world over the last uh, few months, uh, I started thinking, what would our nation look like if every single one of us chose to do what the Ninevites did and we repented of every single sin in our life? If we did that, I just wonder what God would do. I mean, every single person, every human being, repenting, being humble, humbling themselves, fasting, praying. And some of you are like, dude, you're talking crazy talk. This nation's not going to do that. And so you might think, well, what about the church, though? 
And what if it wasn't the whole church? What if it was just those of us right here at 10 o'clock and those of us online? What if every single one of us chose to say, you know what? I'm going to repent of my sins. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to repent of being self-centered and me-centered and always trying to gratify myself. I'm going to put other people, regardless of who they are, before myself. I just wonder what would happen. And this kind of idea came to me long before COVID came. It came at the very beginning of the year when I asked God for one word that would guide my life for the rest of the year in 2020. Do do you remember some of you might have done that? You picked a word and then COVID came and maybe you haven't thought of that. Well, my word was the word flexible. And I would have never thought how God was going to use that in this year. And so in this flexibility, one of the things that I committed to was on Fridays for this entire year, I have fasted and prayed on that day. And God said, I don't want you to fast and pray for the world or the nation or your community or the church. I want you to fast and pray for the sins in your life, Chris. And so I repent and I give my failures to him. And then I pray for the church and the nation and the world that God would use it in a way that would honor him, that it would be on earth as it is in heaven. You see, this is what I finally come down to in my life. Jesus is either who he says he is, or he is the biggest joke this world has ever known. But if he is who he says he is, why don't all of us choose to carry our cross and we will walk and do whatever it takes and we will put other people before ourselves and we will repent and we will live a life that honors Christ every single day. And I just believe that if I started doing this, this is how crazy I am. If, if I could have the guts to say, God, I messed up, but on Fridays I want you to turn me around. That if I could change, then maybe my family would change, and then maybe our church would change, and the community would change, and the nation would change, and the world would change. If each one of us as individuals just simply said, we will repent and turn away from the sin in our lives. Well, Jonah comes out preaching, not don't worry, be happy, but with fire and truth. And the Ninevites actually say, God, we turn to you. You know, there are those of you right now that are sitting there and some of you that are sitting here. And there was a time that God came to you in the past, and you just kind of walked away. And yet now, God wants to give you a second chance if you'll choose to obey rather than going your own way. On the inside, some of you here, you've been sensing this. Some of you are back to church for the first time and you've been sensing that, you know what, there are some things in the midst of all the crazy of the world that I pushed God aside. And sometimes, this is what I found though, the people that you think are the farthest from God are actually closer than you think. 
the Ninevites repent. They turn to God. In verse 1, God showed mercy to Jonah. And then in verse 10, he showed mercy and grace and a second chance to Nineveh. And God wants to give every single one of you, regardless of what you did last night or last week or last year, a second chance. When God saw the Ninevites repent, verse 10 says this, God had compassion and he did not bring upon them the destruction that he had threatened. Folks, God is the God of second chances. And just like God gave a second chance to Jonah and God gave a second chance to Nineveh, God wants to give you a second chance as well. The scripture says that God came back for a second time. And God may be coming back to you for a second time, regardless of what has happened. And he says, if you'll repent, if you'll turn around, he's like, watch out. I'm going to do an amazing thing in your life. If you'll turn around and you'll turn toward me. Let's pray. God, right now we come to you. And we give you thanks and praise for being a God of the second chance. Thank you, God, that you never give up on us. Thank you for being patient with us, God, when we turn away from you. Thank you for blessing us with your mercy. And right now what I want you to do is I'd like you to think about something in your life that you're holding on to. Something that you've been holding on to and you hold on to it so tightly that it's keeping you from experiencing where God wants you to go. I was talking to my best friend this week and uh, he was so just overwhelmed by everything on social media. And he's like, I just start having these, you know, negative attitudes and I need to change it. And so I told him, I said, well, you know, one thing that I've done is I've stopped doing social media. And he's like, oh, I should do that. And this morning I saw him and he said, dude, it's been the best thing for me because now I'm focusing in on God rather than focusing in on the world. And so right now, I don't know what it is for you. Maybe for you it is Facebook or social media. Maybe some of you have been holding on to a sin. Maybe for others of you, you have been holding on to what other people think of you. You're trying to live through them and you hold on to it. Maybe you're holding on to some relationship that you know is not of God. And maybe right now, you might take the guts, the courage to say, I'm willing to let go, God, but I need you here. Would you give me a second chance? And if that's you right now, wherever you're at, what is that thing that you need to let go? If you're ready to let go of it and allow God to move in it, would you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand, each of you that are online as well. And let me pray for you. Father, I pray that you would stir up within us a new spirit, God. Whatever that thing is that we've been holding on to that has allowed us not to be fully giving our lives to you, God, we 
give it to you today. God, break our hearts for our own ungodliness. God, I pray that you'd break my heart. God, there's so many things in my life where I have blind spots. And God, I want more of you and less of me. God, would you do it in me as well? God, would you stir in me as a leader so that then I could stir within other people and allow your divine passion to flow in each one of us. God, empower us to let go of anything, to simply let it go that keeps us from doing everything that you want us to do. You can put your hand down. Now, as we continue praying, the reality is for some of you, what you've been holding on to is the selfishness of wanting to do life your way. And God came to you at one time and he asked you to follow him and you kind of just pushed it aside. Or maybe it was a few months ago or years ago and now God's coming to you. He's stirring in your life right now and he's like, I'll give you a second chance. And so if you're ready to give your one and only life to the God of the second chance, I invite you right now to simply call out to him and say, Jesus, I want you to be the first in my life. I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. I need your love. I need your second chance. And if you're willing to surrender yourself to him today, he says, I accept you. I receive you. And if that's you today, I simply want to lead you in a prayer. And so I invite us to simply repeat this prayer after me. And for all of us, we never pray alone. We pray in unity. I invite you to repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I give my life to you. Make me brand new. Give me a second chance. I believe you died and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you serve you and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. I give it to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Folks, if you said that prayer for the first time, I want you to know that all of heaven is celebrating with you. And for anyone who said that prayer here today, let's all give them a hand as well. Uh, Welcome to the kingdom of God. At the end of our celebration, if you did say that prayer for the first time, if you walk through this door and go to the left, our prayer team is there. They'd love to be able to connect with you and help you out. Uh, If you're online and uh, if you see that raise hand button, just tap on that and someone, one of our hosts will get with you. Or if you'd like prayer for anything, they'll pray for you as well. If any of you would like prayer for anything, when you go through the doors, just right to the left, there's someone there that would love to pray with you. If you are here for the first time, we have a gift for you. You just walk through there, again, right to the left. Everything you need is to the left, basically, okay? Go through here, go to the left, and uh, we'll do that for you. Uh, In just a second, if you'd stay uh, put just for a moment, uh, our greeters are actually going to come. They'll release you by a row, so it'll be, you know, kind of like uh, a wedding. And you can wave at everybody and say, hey, I'm the man, I'm the woman. And uh, as you walk out, practice social distancing. Uh, But once you get out there, talk to people, connect, uh, whatever you want to do to to kind of be able to reconnect with people that you haven't seen. This is what I want you to know. God gives you a second chance today. Don't waste it. Do something for his kingdom this week and know that you're always loved in this place. Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend.